Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday. Um, the, uh, the wage subsidy that's been propping up a lot of businesses, uh, does it actually have to come to an end? Uh, what we do with youth offenders, how we treat them. Uh, why is downtown Auckland such a mess? And uh, Marcus discusses childhood shames with his audience. But before any of that, uh, if there's a travel, travel bubble, how will it work at the airport? Here's the man in charge of the airport. So how is this going to work? You're going to have dedicated staff who can't cross from area to area? So we'll have protocols for how the two parts of the terminal will operate. That includes everything from all the you know, ground handling, all the uh, border agency processes, and they will control that, as well as staff protocols, cleaning, and everything else that goes with it. So it's a it's a complete like, operational model that allows safe travel zones to operate out of one pair of our international terminal and in a separate area, uh, segregated for those other destinations that are coming to and from. Okay. Um, have you done this? Have you just decided to? Do it, or is it the, this at the government's instigation? No, this is part of our planning. Uh, you know, anticipating that a tra- safe travel zone will will turn up. Uh, countries obviously be confirmed, and timing obviously to be confirmed by governments. But uh, it's important that we are all ready to go should that decision be made. Uh, and it actually builds on some of the work that we did uh, several months ago on the safe travel zone concept that we put to government. I guess uh, aviation systems and, and airports are a complex uh, set of moving parts and different organisations. So we want to make sure that our part of that infrastructure readiness is, is ready to go when the time is right. Adrian, do you understand? I mean, we're all assuming that basically the government's decision on this is political and will be timed according to um, public perception and and public feelings about this. Do you think that the public reaction to what you're doing might inform the government's decision? No, look, I think I think they are, you know, working through their own calculation about what's safe and when's the right time to do it. I mean, I think the most important thing, and it's not for us to decide on those things, is simply to say we're ready. Um, I don't really care how it works as long as it does work and as long as I can still get um, duty-free bourbon, preferably cheaper than ever. If they can make that happen, that's all I'm... That's the problem with the world, isn't it? That, 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 well, it's the problem with my world. That literally is all I'm worried about. Um, other people have got a lot more things to be worried about, like are they going to um, keep getting paid uh, if the wage subsidy uh, comes to an end? But does it have to come to an end? I don't often agree with the Labour government, and I couldn't agree with them more. It has to stop. Unfortunately, all we're doing is we're propping up the people that are probably not in the mood to work anyway. I know there's going to be a small percentage, and that's kind of life. But just like your friend you were talking about before, who went from travel right into yeah. something else, there is enough work out there for people that if they just face the reality that we've, that we've just been thrown into here... It's not being insensitive or anything. It's just for too long, we've, especially for the last 20 years or so, we've been living in a world where we're just constantly propping up the losers walking next to us. And they, you know, they, they kind of not that much worse off than, than the people okay. who are actually yeah, really yeah, grasping yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I totally get what you're saying, Van. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you're being a, maybe slightly overly harsh. And that if you are, for instance, say you are Sky City and you've just invested in the new Horizon six-star hotel, which is beside the Sky City Convention Center, and you have spent near enough a billion dollars on this thing. And oh, look at that. Through no fault of your own, because of COVID, you don't have overseas people coming in to actually use that, that facility, right? You can't call them losers. Uh, but, but we, but, so we have to actually think about what to do about those people because you can't just pull down the hotel and one day that hotel will be full, you know. So then you're yeah. going to have to start thinking about targeted help.
know. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Andrew Dickens says, but uh, he does make a good point, and it and it's something that's we've seen happening lately. Uh, people assume that the worst case scenario is actually the general scenario. It's it's like the uh, paying for the quarantine thing. Uh, we just assume that it's a bunch of bludgers coming in and you know getting people to pay for their quarantine but in many cases it's people who are coming back to be productive members of society um and you know we we, we just seem to i don't know what it is with the current state of affairs in the world we find it very very difficult to look at things from the from other people's points of view um and we don't want to pay for other things that don't need to directly affect us um, because we oh man that sounds like socialism and aren't we all supposed to just be all looking out for ourselves or is that how you end up being a youth offender desperate segue there couldn't quite make it work I can understand how frustrating it must be as a young person not being able to participate you can't read and write so you don't want to look stupid so you become the big man on campus or you become the loud mouth or you become the one who gets negative attention but at least it's attention if there is a way that you can help young people understand that they've made a poor decision and show them a way that means they won't do it again, it is going to be cost effective for the country if you can't see it for the inherent value in saving a person from the scrap heap. Let's look at it in money terms. It is going to be so much cheaper putting this intensive wraparound specialist team around a, a young person who's appearing before the courts for the first time than it is to just pack them off to prison or send them at home to sit at home for nine months, do your 300 hours of community service, give them the skills they need to be able to participate. It's going to cost us up front but ultimately we'll save a packet in the future and we'll also be saving young lives. Wait, is Kerry suggesting that we don't just write people off completely at an early age and never ever give them another chance? This is crazy talk. These crazy ideas on here. Um, speaking of crazy ideas, uh, people thought that ripping up uh, downtown Auckland completely and never really putting it back together again would be a good idea. But surprisingly, it means that people don't really want to go there. But I've watched its demise over time, having traversed the main streets as a uni student, picking up cheap eats at friendly cafes, dining in big groups at BYO restaurants, frequenting inner-city nightclubs, putting down laybys on denim jeans at designer stores. Town was a regular and safe hangout, which it now isn't. Too often we hear reports of late-night fights and violence. Those welcoming cafes, BYOs and designer stores have been replaced by empty windows in many cases and for lease signs. And in terms of accessing town, it's a nightmare. The council might be anti-car and wanting all of us on a bus, but that theory doesn't match the reality. Look at the malls. Why are malls like Sylvia Park so popular, despite being well out of the city centre? Because they offer free parking and lots of it. There are nowhere near as many bus routes there, and I don't recall seeing a single cycle lane near the place, yet the shoppers are there in their droves. You're not going to take a bike to go shopping, let's be honest, are you? So in Auckland CBD, pedestrian carters down a quarter, spending down 
And you can't argue COVID has made everyone shy to spend because they're certainly spending in other places. But if you thought this may be a lesson to our city planners that stripping cities of cars was effective, think again. They continue the crusade to have town as one big shared space. The problem is, apart from the theorists at the Auckland City Council, who's actually sharing it? Can you still put jeans on light lay-by? Just every now and again, people say stuff and it just, uh, I get slightly triggered. I, I don't understand what, how amazing are the jeans that you can't afford to buy them all at once and that you have to put them on lay-by. And won't they be out of style by the time you actually can... If I don't, I don't, well, I certainly don't understand anything about designer jeans. Uh, mind you, I wore some shocking stuff as a kid, and so did a lot of people who rang into Marcus last night. I wonder what your... When you were growing up, what were your brands of shame? What were the things that you were made to wear or ride that were the really ones that you've actually never quite gotten over? I remember there were three kids at school who had um, their school jerseys were home knitted there, uh, and always they the stripes never looked quite right. And I always thought, I always thought, gee, they look warm, and gee, they look hand knitted. Marcus had to wear Roman sandals. Everyone else wore shoes which were normally nomads. I got laughed at, and everyone called them romads. I've never heard that. <laughs> Nomads for Roman sandals. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think nomads are still a thing. Um, certainly not with my daughter's crowd. Anyway, they they've been told that they can wear uh, sports shoes as long as they're all black. So you know, Nikes, Adidas, it's fine as long as they're all black. Um, and trouble is, she keeps buying them and keeps buying them in the wrong size, and then they rub, and then she can't wear them anymore, and she's back to the Roman sandals again. She's back to the romads. Am I a bad dad? Um, I make her buy them with her own money as well. I'm a bad dad, aren't I? Uh, luckily, the winter hasn't been that cold so far, and her feet haven't fallen off yet. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB, and I'll be back with more of that. More confessions from a bad dad tomorrow. See you then.